Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome back in here. Hour number two of the early line. It is the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe and Ari alongside Dane Martinez as we uh, push along here on this uh, first week in March, which has already delivered us uh, a little bit more hope, a little bit more exciting than anything April did. That is for sure. And coming off a uh, great weekend of horse racing there, uh, just making us look forward a little bit more to the uh, Triple Crown races and uh, what really? would have been the Kentucky Derby uh, will uh, now be in September. But did you have him in julep this weekend, though, Joe? Because I, I know you not. said you were going to ingest some sugar right to no, yourself. Uh, no, no, right. those are awful. Um, right. But it, it kind of made me want one. That's uh, it was <laughs> nice. Uh, it was also it was good watching some horse racing, kind of feeling that, uh, you know, we, we know this time of year, go out, wear a hat, sip a mint right. julep. But we've got it in September. So. Uh, good things are looking up. And in first hour, we talked about uh, all the latest uh, on what's going on on getting our sports back, certainly in the NBA and Major League Baseball, uh, pushing forward, doing what they need to do. Some questions still remain as far as clarity goes on both of those leagues. But we had told you that MGM has now proposed something for Vegas that would allow the leagues to come back and uh, be in a bubble. We know about Orlando. So locations uh, we have figured out. We also know that uh, there are from people all over the political spectrum that are calling Rob Manfred saying, yeah, yeah, let's get baseball back. And that is also a very good thing because that means uh, baseball, if they are at all worried about uh, perception, uh, that they've got enough uh, political clout there to say, hey, blame us. Look at Washington. So that right. is all good. So things are moving forward. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. And uh, we were talking, of course, about while win totals aren't up uh, there last segment in uh, in our friends at FanDuel, they have uh, given us percentages, winning percentages for the season. And a lot of what we have heard to this particular point, most recently uh, from Bob Nightingale at USA Today, the last plan we heard is uh, a lot of realignment, three cities, uh, that kind of thing. 100 games uh, is what we're looking at. And the percentages at, uh, at a number of books there, including uh, FanDuel, uh, seem to have just come off of what the win, win total was yeah. based upon 162 games. And now they've got it where it's not 162, whatever it may be. They've just kind of right. converted that into a percentage, it seems like, Dane, like the Yankees who were set to win 101, 102, somewhere along those lines. Uh, based upon 162-game season, right. that's basically exactly. 62%. So. And I guess, Joe, I think it makes sense on some level, right? Because you tell me, you know, it would really suck for the books to take all these bets, you know, say the Yankees under 101 and a half or whatever it is, and then have to refund all the money because mm-hmm. we don't play 162 games, right? right? I think this is their effort to be able to take futures bets and have them still be valid whether it winds up that they play 100 or 120 or 80 or whatever, this way they can still take action, right? This is their way of, I think, still being able to take action because with the unknown of how many games will ultimately be playing, they converted it. Mm -hmm. But we can get ahead of this, Joe. We can get ahead of this. Yep. 
Yeah, so I, the top of the um, all things being considered, we're talking about some of these teams that uh, with the biggest winning percentage is going to correlate to those who had the biggest win totals, I'm assuming, like sure. the Yankees, the Dodgers. Astros uh, were up there. The Braves were up there. Astros yeah. or Braves. And all of that does is correlate into a certain amount of wins. So right. uh, the question is, and I'm guessing that, and I would love to see the numbers on what the Yankees were after 100 games last year, what the Dodgers sure. were, what some of these teams were, yeah. uh, because I guess you're you're a few things you have to assume to get to that 62 percent or whatever the number is. Right. You have to assume that the wins will come at the same clip that they did uh, from a right. year ago based upon 162 games. Uh, right. You have to assume that teams won't go through, and we've seen it where some teams go well, get really hot, yeah. got really hot, they and they win more games than they probably ever should have. But you know, and, and just look what the standings were last year after 100 games, and right. look at who ended up in the playoffs. So that's it's interesting from the standpoint. There's a lot of variables in there, but anytime you go from 162 to 100, those outside the, the variance there is yeah. tremendous because. Listen, the Yankees, if a team starts slow, let's say they start in July and a team takes a little while to get revved and then they run the tables yeah. a couple of months in, will that be enough to get to that percentage? Right. Or maybe a team that we thought was going to be, what's some of the lower percentages on the card right now? I'm guessing Marlins, Baltimore, sure. right? Somewhere sure, sure, like sure. That. So like the Royals are right. 40%. Right, right. Uh, you know, the Marlins are also 40%. I'm looking yeah. for ones even lower than now, that. Suppose the they Pirates come out like 40%. a bat out of hell, right? And all of a sudden, yeah. they, they're clearing house in the first. Well, that changes that's, everything. That's that changes. Right. So the reverse is true, too, where all of a sudden, the Marlins aren't as big a dumpster fire like sure. they would have been in 162. Why? Well, it's only sure. 100 games. And you're talking about alignment, too, is, is a little bit different. But that yeah. doesn't necessarily, you know, don't forget, different alignment, different teams, they don't know each other as well as they did. So it, it kind of puts a lot of these teams, while on paper you're looking Marlins having to play, um, you know, the, the Yankees or whoever it may be in their division. Well, it's not like the American League and National League, it's nice to have interleague play. But the truth is, the way Nightingale has it set up, Dane, there's a lot of unfamiliar Right. baseball yeah, that's absolutely. going to be a play so i don't know that i would give the, the it's automatically going to be a win from the team that would have been better eh, i don't know that that's going to be the case familiarity especially what early does on happen, though? What, what happens does now? happen though is we talk about strength of schedule right mm -hmm. and there will be dramatic changes to the, the the strength of schedule that's something we look at in general um and that will be a dramatic change one of the things you just said joe is the idea of the 100 games or the 162 there's a, there's a saying in baseball and in all sports, mm -hmm. the cream rises to the top, right? And so in 162 games, there's every opportunity for the dream to rise to the top. At a 100-game season, there's more variance is possible, right? Mm -hmm. And even Billy Bean, when he was doing Moneyball, that's part of why the Oakland A's were the quote-unquote regular season team, because all that Moneyball stuff worked over the course of a 162-game season. These things even out with the stats, right? But then in a five-game series against the Yankees, who knows what's going to happen, okay? So, Joe, just, just take the leap of faith with me here, and let's play this out, okay? I will ask you, who do you believe is either the best or the worst Division in baseball, Joe. Your choice. 
a team that you think is really good or is just really, you know, also Rams? Well, you got to look at the, uh, I, I think the National League Central, right? You got to look at that and try to figure out is, exactly what you're going to be. A lot of change there. That wasn't necessarily going to be a, a strong division. Uh, we're going to be a strong division. I think everyone, okay. the National League uh, East, everybody is, seems to think is going to be great. Let's take yeah. that one as an example. Let's right. take that as an example. The NL Central, you think, is uh, below average competition. Okay. So think about what this Bob Nightingale plan does for say the cleveland indians mm -hmm. okay originally when these books were hanging these win totals and ultimately winning percentage the indian schedule that had a lot of al east in it and had a lot of al west in it now has none of that in it mm -hmm. and is now being replaced with extra games against the nl central you think that's a lot easier of a schedule than having to see the Yankees and the Astros and the A's and the Angels and whatever it is. So in my opinion, this new alignment and proposal that we're seeing helps teams like the Cleveland Indians or the Minnesota Twins or the Chicago White Sox. But their winning percentage is the same as it always was. Mm -hmm. I believe this makes, call it the Cleveland Indians, this makes their schedule a lot easier so I may be more likely to bet they're over on their winning percentage because mm -hmm. they're seeing the NL Central instead of the AL East and the AL West. Right, right. What right. do you think? Right. Uh, it's the only thing that I would be cautious of is that I think the playing field's a lot more level than you do. Uh, okay. Your assumption is based upon a 162-game season, everything being even. Yeah, sure. If they were going to play 162 games, then hell yeah, Cleveland's going to be, uh, it's a hell of a lot easier for Cleveland with this realignment, but they're not. They're playing 100 games, and they're all coming into a season where they started for a few weeks, and they yeah. all stopped. So teams, to me, like the Yankees and the Dodgers. That's a control for everybody. Well, that's my point. So I also think that it's a hell of a lot closer to a level playing field regardless I would concentrate more on the teams that they don't expect to win or the percentages okay. are so low because they thought after 162, I think they have a better chance now of actually outperforming what those 162 game numbers are as opposed to the upper echelon just demolishing That's everybody fine. regardless. I mean, That's so fine. I would I would look I don't care the if value is on an over or on an under. You know what I mean, Joe? I yeah. don't care if we find value on an over. Well, or it all depends under. on how you're looking at it. I mean, it's on paper and 162 game season. If you just realign those teams to what they are, yeah, there's gonna be some benefits, absolutely. But in a condensed season, with the way they are going into it, some of those better teams. Um, yeah, it's going to take them a little while longer to get revved up and to be able to get to that point, which, of course, leaves opportunity for, to me, those lower echelon teams, the opportunity to win games they probably wouldn't in the normal circumstances. So I think the value is going to lie in the lower end of these uh, of these percentages, so not the like higher. Maybe like a. I'm just trying to think. I think the overs. I think the overs are the way to look with these lower you. teams, as far, as so, opposed to the other way around. Let's let's do a case study. Let's try and play right. it out, okay, Joe? Right. So, a team, uh, the Seattle Mariners, mm -hmm. okay, not expected to be a playoff contender. Expected right. to be below 500. One of these lower teams you're talking about, right? Right. So, correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is maybe.
because everybody has to deal with this pandemic, Correct. <laughs> right? Correct. That maybe the Mariners are on a little bit more even footing than the A's and the Astros and right. the and the Angels in their division, right? And maybe able to hang a little bit longer than in a normal season. And right? have an opportunity to win more games than what originally thought of on a 162-game right. season. Right. And so I, I don't necessarily dispute that, mm -hmm. right? That is a factor for sure. Mm -hmm. What's also a factor is that now these Mariners, instead of seeing the AL Central and the AL East, are going to see more of the Dodgers and the Rockies and the Diamondbacks and the Giants, right? And that is also a factor. I don't know how much to weight the schedule stuff I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. I don't know how much to weight the the ramp up, hit the ground running point that you're making, mm -hmm. right? I All I'm saying is the same way we talk about anything here in the sports investing market, Joe, we say it all the time. We can give you these data points. We can give you these trends. Mm -hmm. You have to take them and figure out what you think is the trend to go with, what you think is the insight that matters, and invest accordingly, mm -hmm. right? So what we're doing here, I believe, for our, our, our viewers and listeners and fans on the early line and on SportsGrid is like identifying what could be happening. And then you, as a better, you know, figure out what you want to put your stock in. Do you want to put your stock in the fact that the Ravens have won 18 games in a row at home? Then do so, you know? And so mm -hmm. we are giving people the kind of information and the potential exposure out there and it's up to the sports investors to see if do they want to take this idea that the schedule is going to dramatically impact strength of the uh, uh, schedule of opponent? Or do you want to take what you're saying that, hey, we got to get back into game shape. And so right. early on, everyone's on even footing. I think both of what we're saying are valid considerations mm -hmm. for your handicap. But you watching SportsGrid right now, you tell us if you think it's valid or not. And hopefully it impacts the way you get ahead of it. And hopefully the value comes in for you. Yeah, you got to um, you also got to look at what you thought originally to begin with with 162 sure. game season. What was your what was your plan for some of these uh, teams? And were you yeah. an over or an under guy? And if you yeah. were an under on some of these uh, teams, while it's um, certainly the, the game has changed a little bit and sure. what it's going to take also to get into the playoffs like uh, like we said and again we, this is all very hypothetical because we don't know what the rules are obviously of, are they going to allow ties are they not going to allow ties those kinds of things um but it, you have to look at it and say all right if i'm purely going on 100 games here and if i'm a uh, like a yankees right i the urgency to win x amount of games uh, like it would in 162 right. games to wrap it up sooner like they do later and then kind of put, um, it's yeah. going to, that too is going to play a role because if a team figures that absolutely. listen, 60 wins is going to get us in a hundred win season, I'm going to make the playoffs. Then absolutely. How there's not an awful lot of incentive to go out and go 90 and 10. There's just yeah. not, you know right. what I mean? It doesn't it, matter. It, it's it, like the Warriors trying to win 73 games. It didn't matter nope. at some point. No, Here's another not thing, saying though. there won't be it. I do happen to think one of these upper echelon teams is probably we'll going to win roll. 80 out of a hundred games. I think That's one possible. of them, at who, I don't know. You can have that debate, right. but I do right, think right, it's right. possible one just takes everybody out. Here's another real, here's mm -hmm. another real simple way, okay? Mm -hmm. We're just, I'm talking about maybe there's opportunities to get ahead of it and find value, right? right? Here's the thing. We're both Yankee fans, Joe, right. right? So when these win totals came out, you know, if this was early March, late February, 
we thought the Yankees would be without their number two starter for half the season. Right. Right. And we thought that when we're thinking about whether to take the over or the under, you know, now guess what? Their win total percentage, it's the same. Right. But I know that the Yankees have their number two starter for the entire season. Right. in James Paxton, yep. because he's ready to go or ramping back up, not going to miss time. That means that the outlook for the team is different. Yes. And they haven't changed the damn number. So whether it's the schedule, whether it's the, you know, the construct of 100 games, whether it's injuries are now different. Mm -hmm. Like there's things the teams now and what they're going to do is not the same situation as what it was four months ago yep. or three months ago but they haven't moved the number. So figure out what you think is the right thing to get ahead of it and right. you have an opportunity here. Yep, absolutely is. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, concept to look and one that you need to uh, take into consideration on how much, if again, a lot of ifs here, this uh, plan goes through and uh, that's how they're going to do it as far as the realignment. Um, where are you going to put more emphasis on? The, the reduced right. games from uh, 162 to yep. 100 or whatever it is? Uh, how much, uh, how much are you worried about realignment or how much of an advantage do you think it is based upon right. what they are anticipating? And you also got to take a look at, um, all right, uh, notoriously Injury, suspensions. Yeah, yeah. Some teams are notoriously what they are in, in 162 game, what they are in April and May is not what they are in July right. and August. So, right. you know, that I don't necessarily think is going to change just because all of a sudden they start in July. That I do think that those teams, uh, uh, those teams that tend to start a little slow uh, because of what this has gone, I think it just levels the playing field a little bit more. So there could right. very well be uh, an opportunity to uh, for the little guys here to win a lot more games than we thought originally based upon the circumstances. Maybe so, a team that has a lot of free agents and new faces yeah. coming in. Yeah. Right, and like there's still a lot of not signed. Yeah, that's pitching staffs, extended rosters. We'll talk more about I, this yeah. too coming up here on the other side. It is the early line. It is the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here to the early line. It is the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez here as uh, we continue to dive into a interesting angle here for the Major League Baseball season, assuming, of course, there is one. Uh, we are making a couple of assumptions, playing maybe the what-if game. But again, uh, there is an opportunity for you to take your money and uh, place it on a winning percentage right now with our yep. friends at FanDuel. So basically, you can, uh, whether or not you think the Yankees, for instance, will win 62% of their games, Dane and I are going under the assumption that we're looking at a 100-game season. And if you did, you would basically need the Yankees to win more than 62 games if you bet the over. And of course, right. we're doing that through, the, uh, through all of the leagues. And we, uh, we just pulled up some of the numbers uh, here from last year through 100 games just to see where we were then compared to basically if this was a hundred game season and right. what they're anticipating them to be. 
What we've noticed, of course, is that made uh, FanDuel and, and the books have simply just taken whatever the win percentage was from 162 and using that. So even if there is less games, right. uh, they still think they're going to win at that same percentage uh, throughout, whether it's 100 wins or 100 games or 162. Regardless. That, regardless, they're going to win. We don't happen to think that is the case. I think but, it's short-sighted. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, I mean, listen, different divisions, uh, amount of games all coming into play. Uh, but again, it, it depends on, there's a lot of ways to, to skin this and try to find value, but that's what handicapping is all about, is to try to figure out what are some of the things that you feel are going to be right. different than what they would have been on a 162-game season. Right. Uh, we certainly know schedule and the teams who will be playing. We do know there's no home field advantage uh, for many, or it doesn't look like it's going to be. And uh, when we pulled up, Dane, the, the numbers from a year ago through 100 games, uh, there are some interesting things to pull away here. For instance, we know the upper echelon teams, right? For yeah. instance, the Yankees through 100 games had won 65. They were 65 and 35 last year at, this, uh, at the 100 mark point. So assuming right. this year the Yankees only play 100 games, right? The Yankees had won 65, so the over would be a pretty good bet. If you think right. the Yankees are going to win at the same clip, no matter whether it's 100 games, uh, 162 games, they are going Now, keep in mind, at 62% this year, Dane, if it was actually their win total is 100, 101 wins, really, uh, right. is what it was for the full season. So they had actually assumed the Yankees were going to win more games than they did last year based upon the whole season. So yeah. they were a better team than they are last year. Right. So 65 wins uh, for the Yankees. The Astros uh, were also so a 65 let me just stop right game there, though, winner. For a second, Joe. Right. right. The 65 games, right? Mm -hmm. The 65 games out of the first 100. Right. Uh, and now the Yankees have a 62% uh, winning percentage. As so they can mind. win They're three less than they did through 100 and last still year. do it. Right. Right. But here's the thing. What you're doing is saying if they do the same play and yeah. have the same results, right? But what's also happening is it'll be a dramatically different schedule. What's also Absolutely. happening is we thought this number was ha uh, originally hung when you thought James Paxton was going to miss 40% of the season. Correct. Guess what? He ain't missing 40% of the season anymore, right? Um, and so there's other things that are changing, mm -hmm. but this is not changing. So there's right. where potentially the daylight and the value would be. You yeah. know. So what would you say about the Dodgers or the Astros? Well, the Astros also had 65 wins. And okay. obviously it's not the same team with no Garrett Cole. Last but year, right. You also have to take into consideration, I think, that... Let's say Yankees aren't going to be playing at Yankee Stadium. Um, right. A lot of these teams and a lot of these games obviously are going to be considered their road games for a lot. Right. Um, so you've got to take that into consideration when looking at this. But I think sure. like Houston's number this year is what? What do they have? They had Houston a winning 90 games, I think, still. So, right? And that's the thing. And their percentage, right, mm -hmm. is uh, 58 and a half. All right. 58 so, and a half. Is what they're saying. So if you do the math, right, right, what would that have been off of 162? I'd be willing to bet it's somewhere in the high 90s, Joe. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely correct. Yeah, which is kind of, listen, uh, last year they were above that at 65, and they had Oakland on their ass last year. Don't forget, correct. Oakland had 59 wins at the halfway point, so at 100-point uh, game. So 
uh, they were right there. So Houston was battling with Oakland even through, and I think that's another factor you have to take into consideration True. where if they can motivation. Control, right? Right, yeah. right. A lot of teams, they get to that 100 point, they got 60 left over there. They're either just hitting their groove or, right. you know, or they're basically at this particular point managing for the final 60 uh, games right. of that final push in the end. Resting uh, pitchers, getting right. the alignment, they're getting the rotation right, right, giving the kids a chance. But with these merged divisions, yep. Joe, yep. that's not necessarily the case, right? You know, yeah. like you say, the Yankees, right. who had maybe a 12-game lead on their nearest competition that's in correct. the AL East, right? But in this version of the 2020 season, they're going to have the Nationals in their division. That's correct. They're going to have the Phillies there and teams that would be closer, right? Uh, than they had to deal with last year. So they wouldn't be able to give the kids a chance or let people rest up injuries. So that's another thing to consider uh, with this new proposal. Yeah, and I would approach it that I don't think uh, the teams who are uh, in that upper category, like the teams that we think are going to be good and that have those high percentages in the 60s and uh, upper 50s, I don't think they're going to be uh, necessarily as good as what we thought they would have been given the circumstances, but okay. I do think the value lies with the teams that we all anticipated are going to be garbage. Um, I don't think they're going to be as bad. And if we look at hmm. some of those lower echelon sure. teams uh, this year right now and what those percentage, like Seattle, for instance, what is Seattle's winning percentage? Uh, what are they showing it at FanDuel? They're showing it as 41%, so playing 410 ball. So over a 100-game season, Joe, that would mean they are projecting the Mariners to go 41 and 59. It's exactly what they were last year at the 100 points. There you go. <laughs> exactly what they were. So now your question is, here we go. Do you think because of the variance and because of the situation, if Seattle was a 41 or you know 41 win team right and a and a, that lower percentage team last year um right. I, to me the variance will always favor the lesser teams and give them an opportunity to win a few more games parity. they normally would right a little more parity there yeah to me seattle then at that point i would be willing to bet that seattle has a couple of more games go their way than against them given the circumstances I so i would think the value lies in Seattle winning more than that 41 uh, that 41 number than as opposed to not and that's basically what you have with Miami for instance what was what's Miami's win percentage sure uh the Marlins are one of the dregs of the uh major league baseball they have their winning percentage at 39 okay they want they were 37 wins at 100 points uh last year so there you go and one of the stadiums they're talking about playing in would be Miami's home stadium there. So right. we're uh, given what we know. So again, you got to look there and say, all right, Miami at 162. And, and don't forget it, you know, that lot of things were going on uh, with yeah. Miami uh, last year. Uh, yeah. A lot of those guys are back. It's not a, everything. Sure. Everybody was young and new. Now a lot of pitching staff is back. So this is where you start looking at some of these lower end teams and take some of those other factors into consideration and go, yeah. maybe there's some volume at the maybe bottom this benefits half them. Maybe this Because the top them. to right. me, the Yankees, do, can I see the Yankees winning 80 games out of 100? You're damn right I can. Well, I mean, good. it's nice that they won 65, but that to me is the risk with the better teams, that the better teams could just be that much better regardless uh, of the situation. Yeah. So 
whether, you know, everyone I'm sure is going to look at this and go, Dan, you know what? How with that? Under. It's going to be under. Everything's going to get Well, the problem is talent has a funny way, like you said, of just beating the crap out of lesser talent sure. sometimes. So maybe even with the realignment, if you don't feel the realignment has that much of a plays that much of a role on it, then you'd, right. you'd be very hard-pressed to go under to the Dodgers, Astros, Yankees. Right, right. Because you think they're just that good, and that's a right. decision handicapper. And when you handicap something like this, you got to go. Be. Does it right. make what, – where do I think the value lies? What's the lies? priority? Right, exactly. exactly. So, Joe, yeah. uh, to kind of take it back to a normal thing, right? Mm -hmm. On a random week seven of the NFL season, right. you know, uh, when we're talking about a game – Leading up to that Sunday, right. I may say something like, oh, and remember, they're traveling west to east for a one o'clock start. Correct. That hurts them. Now, I might believe that that hurts them. You may not think that travel and the body clock matters as much, right? right. Um, and I might think that the most important thing in the NFL is, you know, defensive line play, stopping the run. So to me, I'm going to pay attention to the teams that do that well. And you think instead, you know, something else, Matt, coaching mm -hmm. matters more. Then you're going to look for edges in coaching, right? Correct. All we're saying here is I do believe that the changing in the schedule and the realignment is a big deal. Mm -hmm. You could take it or leave it, you right? You put more weight Joe on is it. Saying, yep. mm -hmm. Joe is saying that, you know, hey, you got to see these teams that are better built for 100 games as opposed to 162. You as the viewer right now of the early line, you could take it or leave it, right. right? But the thing that does matter here is the fact that the book has not changed. Because of all these considerations, the book has not changed. Correct. Um, so that would almost be like if in the NFL, they just stopped giving the home team three points on the, on the spread, Joe. Correct. They just stopped. Yep. And then you know, people who thought home field advantage matters, That's correct. they would hammer this as an edge. That's correct. People who didn't think home field advantage really mattered, they'd be like, eh. I'm still going to look at it in this other way. Right. We're trying to tell you here on the early line, they haven't changed it. So if you believe like Joe does, that the way the teams are built, you can find the value there. If you believe like I do, that the new schedules and the alignment creates value, you can find it. If yeah. you believe that there's teams that all of a sudden have rehabbing players that will now be ready to go, go ahead and apply that yep. to your handicap. That's correct. Yep. And... and just depends on how you want to come at this. I would right. also begin to look at, assuming this is, and again, a lot of things we don't know here, but let's sure. just assume they are going to consider and breaking up the, the Nightingale uh, plan is right. it. The Nightingale plan is it. If uh, uh, you got to consider two of those 100 games, how are they going to break them up from a schedule perspective? Right. Um, if they have to relocate some teams and some teams are going to have to borrow ballparks, Right. Uh, what will those ballparks be, and does it give an advantage to the Marlins, to the Diamondbacks, to, try to, get ahead to of. Texas, yep. right? Another thing. So I, I would always start there and say, listen, in reality, while it would yeah. be nice to get all these teams in their own home ballparks, some may have to, you know, will they be ready in New York or California, or will those teams have to relocate, maybe all go to Arizona? Right. I would start looking at those teams and looking at those percentage numbers and think whether or not you feel that that might give them a little uh, leg up. But, you know, sure. when you there are the numbers and the data is there, what the books are kind of telling you, what FanDuel was telling you is that they seem to think that these teams, whether it had been 100 games or 162, were going to win at the same right. percentage, at the same clip or no. lose at the same clip. 
that they right. did, but nobody, I dare you, I mean, through 100 games last year, Dane, where right. do you different. think the Washington Nationals, your world champions, were through right. 100 games compared? They only had 53 wins yeah. at 100 they games. They had a good second year. half. Right. And, and, and Joe, you have taught me this. Mm -hmm. I remember in the past, you know, when we were talking about uh, basketball games and right. totals, and you've always told me that in the second half, they just cut the total in half. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of like a simplistic calculation that the books do that you think you can get ahead of it because of right. what you know. Right. And so in this way, the books have done a simplistic calculation. Right. And I think it's more involved than that. I'm going to get ahead of it and try to figure it out in the same way. When you say a total for an NBA game is 232. So that means the second half total or the first half total is yep. going to be whatever, 116. Yep. And you're like, oh, wait, that's simple. Instead, I think this. And so I'm going to get ahead of it. Correct. I'm just proposing that there's opportunity to do the same thing with these season MLB win percentages. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. So I, listen, there's a lot of ways to skin this here, guys, but it's uh, I find it fascinating. Uh, the percentage angle here and that they are just taking into they're consideration. They're putting it out there, Joe. <laughs> they're putting it out there that what we gave you through 162 games to begin with, they are basically, whether it's 75, 100, 125 games, whatever they pay, the winning percentage is going to be about the same. And the same. You can either agree, and they may very well be right. That could be the median. But if you think there is an edge to be had, then the variance you're looking into the certain things happening, there might very well be right. a, a spot where maybe a team wins a few more games early on uh, than they were expected to sure. through 162 games. And maybe right. in the end, 162 games, Dan, like you said, it all evens out in the end. But maybe it takes some teams a little bit longer than 100 games to even that out. And if that's the case, yeah. what teams are they, guys? Because you know. right now, Everything is based upon what would have happened in 162 right. games. So, if and you who think these teams team, were in March, and who these teams were in March, just because saying. there's injury yep. availability, there's suspensions, yep. there's new faces in new places. Yep. They are just cut and pasting it, Joe. That's it. <laughs> and That's and exactly. and we can think about it a little bit more. Yep. You know, Absolutely. I mean. We talk about the consistency, like in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You and I have both talked about how in the NFC East, for example, Philly has consistency. Meanwhile, these other teams do not in, the, in that division, right? Yep. Well, we think that matters. So do we think a grand schedule realignment matters? I do. Yep. So let me get ahead of it. There you go. Plenty of ways to look at this. So uh, good stuff there. Well, uh, coming up next, in fact, we're going to take a look at uh, and, and I can't believe it. Uh, it came out over the weekend as well, Dane. But there is uh, some Andy Dalton fire going on right now. Looks like there is a team interested in the Red Rifle. Who is that team? I'll give you three guesses. Uh, we'll talk about it coming up there. Take a look at uh, some of that uh, NFL. Uh, those NFL one of your numbers. I, I, yeah, you're not. Yeah, we'll do it oh. coming up next here. It's the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. I actually don't hate it, but we'll talk about it coming up next.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez here, the early line. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us and coming by as uh, as we continue to push along here in the first week of May. And uh, I got to tell you, I spent, uh, spent the last couple of segments uh, talking about some uh, Major League Baseball win totals, and I certainly hope uh, that we are going to be able to get some uh, Major League Baseball in any uh, form possible here sooner rather than later. I think it'll be great. I think uh, a lot of us are going to be really excited to get some UFC back on the television here this weekend. Yeah. Lay a couple of bets down there. We'll see if we can't get our buddy uh, Jay, the uh, the sports gag. We'll get him on here talking some UFC uh, opportunities to lay down. Great weekend in uh, in horse racing. Uh, and yeah. get ready for some NASCAR. I think there's going to be a lot of folks that uh, have... Maybe uh, new of NASCAR, not really sure, kind of spent time doing a whole lot of other things other than uh, watching, consuming, or betting. Uh, I think there's going to be some interesting handle coming in on uh, NASCAR as they get ready on the 17th to pretty much deliver what's going to be like three or four days out of the Darlington, weekend for right? a while. Yeah, Darlington for like three days. They're just going to stay there. So uh, I just, that's another thing I don't gonna understand. It's going to be fun. What's like that? getting into the car, you know, and going whatever it is, 200 laps. These guys lose like 10 pounds in sweat. Right. You know, it's not easy. And then to go ahead and two days later, do it again. I would love to ask like a race car driver. They think that's feasible because I know if you ask the soccer player, they'd be like, uh, nope, we can't do that after running. You know, so I nope. Maybe, no, but I'm I, very interested to see what that means for the grind of the race car driver. I, yeah, well, listen, it, it's quite obvious that uh, it looks like NASCAR has been uh, prepping for this because uh, the, the reason they're going to have so many, they got 31 races, they don't want to lose any of these meets, so they're yeah. going to double up, triple up, which means that they're going to have to be another truck that's probably coming with them carrying an extra car, I would think, right. uh, in order to be able to get it done, but uh, but it's good. Expanded Listen, it'll be back. Cruise. Yeah, but we, we love NASCAR from the standpoint of that. If you if you follow it, the types of bets you can make with the head to heads and those kinds of things right. uh, is always a lot of fun. It's why we love betting on golf uh, for the same kind of reason there. Uh, being able to divvy those bets up where you pit one golfer against the other. Same thing with NASCAR, right. which is back, great. Back. Uh, we do also have. Um, some NFL, uh, more NFL news that we uh, forgot to mention here. We do want to bring it up. But number one, uh, the fifth-year option uh, is continuing to make uh, headlines. And, of course, this should come to a surprise of very few people as well. We told you uh, earlier today, Leonard Fournette, over the weekend, we learned the Jags, of course, are like, yeah, no, we're good. Uh, he's slat he's uh, slated to make, I think, 7 or $8 million, something along those lines. But, obviously, his tenure in Jacksonville is uh, coming to an end at some point. Right. Well, the Chicago Bears also told us that they are no longer interested in picking up the option of Mitch Trubisky. And his fifth-year option, I believe it was Tom Pelissero of the NFL, said that yeah. um, the regression was a little bit too much for the, uh, for the Bears. 
Uh, he went, I mean, come on, 12 and four there in 2018 and followed that up with right. just an atrocious year last year with them. Uh, Nagy and company, uh, the coach, and uh, certainly very much all the way at the top have made it known that they're not sold on him. You don't bring in Nick Foles and trade for him in that contract if you were planning on picking up the fifth-year option of Mitch Trubisky, Dane. So I, um, he'll have a chance. I mean, not, not saying that it's, it's over and done with, but basically the message is loud and clear. Like, if you don't prove to us, A, that you can start, uh, and beat right. out Foles, or B, actually lead us to the promised land. If there's no progression this year, and if he come game one, Dane, whatever that is, if Trubisky's not the starter, uh, it, it, his tenure is over in Chicago. Just, you, you know, you can count on it. But right now, I don't blame Chicago for not picking it up at this point. Oh, no, me neither. I mean, we've mm -hmm. been saying this for a while. We do not think Mitchell Trubisky is a franchise Right. I make the comparison all the time, Joe, to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, right? They had a Super Bowl caliber defense that led them to the playoffs in spite of the young quarterback. And then the team kind of held out hope that this quarterback could still be the man. And I've said that with the Jaguars and Bortles, it pushed that franchise back for years. Yep. And so the Bears, I think, would be smart to not fall into the same trap, okay? And they are taking some steps to prove that they are not kind of like, you know, blinded by rose-colored glasses or have the syndrome of like, we drafted him, got to make it work with him. They're bringing yes. in Nick Foles because they understand that maybe that veteran presence could give them a better chance to win. Right. And I think, listen, the writing is on the wall, Joe. You know, Mitchell Trubisky is not the answer for the Chicago Bears. So I'll, I'll be willing to bet you... 12 months from now, Joe, the Chicago Bears depth chart at quarterback looks a lot different, okay? Maybe Mitchell Trubisky is the backup, though, still, right? right? But only because he's accepted like a Jameis Winston, like a Marcus Mariota, like others who go that route of being a first-round pick, but then having to humble themselves to understand that, you know, there's 32 better dudes out there than Amen. you. And that's what the book is saying, Joe, uh, right now, to be the Bears' starting quarterback for week one. Nick Foles is minus 150. Mitch Trubisky is plus 120. Yeah, I'm not sure Mitch has got the uh, mental fortitude here to... We know uh, how this do. story ends, right, Joe? We've seen it a few times, just a few <laughs> times uh, in the history there. But uh, Trubisky also wasn't the only uh, quarterback making headlines uh, over the weekend. Uh, we talked about uh, last hour, in fact, we talked about the... Uh, and finally hearing from Andy Dalton uh, over the weekend about how, um, he, you know, we finally got to hear from him about his thoughts about, you know, how he was let go. And, of course, he was released. You guys know that over the last week. Uh, a shock to nobody. And uh, people, reporters were asking him about, you know, are you surprised nobody traded for you? And, and his answer was spot on. He said, listen, nobody was going to trade for me. Everyone realized I was going to be released anyway. It right. didn't help that I wasn't a free agent, that I was still on the contract for a year, obviously. Um, right. But, you know, he says everybody, nobody was going to give anything up for a quarterback that was going to be let go once the draft was over anyway. And he's spot on. But we're still, we were kicking around, where does he go? What does he do? Uh, it's kind of hard now because all the starting jobs have been taken. So by him being released now really leaves him as a backup situation, maybe, or probably in a situation he don't want to be in altogether. Right. 
but one of the names, uh, Dane, and, and I don't hate this. Uh, I know it's hard to wrap your head around it, but the New York Jets are expressing, according to uh, Rich Samini there, are expressing serious interest in bringing him in, and I don't hate it because we saw last year what it was like when Sam Darnold went down. And then, you know, Simeon went down. And then it was just a <laughs> comedy Miles of errors. broke his leg. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just, right. It was just a comedy of errors after that. Right. Which, again, and this was one of the biggest needs, I thought, underrated needs for the Jets, was finding that solid number two you can have come in in right. case. Uh, we love Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's going to be given every opportunity uh, to just have a long and illustrious oh, yeah. career in New York. And I think he will now that they're starting to build around him. So it's not a matter of bringing in Andy Dalton to compete with Sam Darnold. What it is, is giving the organization a veteran presence behind him where we don't have to have and lose six, seven games a year because something might happen to Sam Darnold. I don't hate the idea. He's affordable. He's experienced. They did draft uh, the kid out of FIU, James Morgan, which yeah. might be down the road. Uh, sure. You know, a, a, a solid, uh, you know, option. But for now, you got to get somebody in there that we trust, Dane, and, and Daniel Fells and everyone else is not going to cut it, man, or Luke Falk, not right. going to cut it. I don't mind this. I really, really don't. So here's the thing. In all these, you know, mm -hmm. in all these signings and any trade and any marriage, there's two parties involved, right? right? And so for the Jets... I'm okay with this, right. right? Like, I think it makes sense for the Jets to bring in a vet, right? To have that insurance policy in the back pocket because of everything you mentioned, right? The Jets nosedive when, yep. Sa when Sam Darnold was out last year. It completely eviscerated their season. They had no chance without Darnold, right? So, you know, it, and it's smart, right? The backup quarterback is growing in its importance in the NFL. Just as the Saints, who got lucky with Teddy Bridgewater going 5-0 and when Drew Brees went down, first say what the Philadelphia Eagles were like when they had Nick Foles and when they didn't have Nick Foles there as that insurance policy. So I get it. And the idea of the Jets or any team yep. who don't have a valid, reliable veteran backup to want one mm -hmm. makes sense. I don't know why this would make sense for Andy Dalton, though, Joe. Okay. Because, you know, it sounds like he still wants to be a starter. Yes. Okay. So if you still want to be a starter, the Jets are not one of those teams where the path to starting is clear. It's not one of these teams like Jacksonville or New England where you don't right. trust the incumbent starter or where there's injury concerns or age concerns like with New Orleans or like with Pittsburgh and Big Ben. Okay. Or an unproven commodity like maybe in Denver or a team where uh, mm -hmm. the contract situation of the quarterback is up in the air right. like in Dallas or potentially in Houston. The Jets are a team who have their guy and envision him to be their guy for a long time right so i don't know that the jets are a team that andy dalton would want to go to if he still wants to start on any way shape or form right right i, I again real i don't blame the jets andy dalton i right. do think is going to come from a uh, point of view where yeah I can wait for the perfect time or you know what, I can be a part of an organization or a team where, um, you know, we, you can move forward and you can get your paycheck and who knows, listen, you're not going to sign a long-term deal. So if you know, you don't right. know what the situation for teams is going to be next year anyway. So 
if I, I don't, and we've done it, we've gone down the list where, listen, right. I, I, did the Patriots take him? I, did the Patriots even offer to bring him in? Well, is there right. any difference between him and Hoyer? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure there would be an argument uh, that he's not, but. Right, like, I don't know what options Andy Dalton has. You uh, know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know how many teams are going to call him, right. right, and say, yeah, you can come on in as a backup. Well, how many yes. teams are going to call him and be like, yeah, you can come on in and we'll give you a chance to yes. beat out our guy in training camp. Yes. I don't know what options he has, right? But if he has options to be a starter, then he'd probably choose that team over the New York yes. Jets. Yep. But then if – here's the other part that doesn't make sense for me, Joe. If he has no options to start right. and he knows that anyone who signs him, he is going to be QB2. Right. Then why ask for your release from Cincy, Joe? Mm. Yeah, if, if that, if you as Andy Dalton are like, okay, I've got to look myself in the mirror and realize that I'm a backup quarterback now in the NFL, you know, if that's the case, I, I then think why I not think just stay in Cincy? Because you got to cut the ties. Because there's nothing right. good about All him right. being in that building for as long as he did, and then okay. relic. You can't. Like you got. If I'm going right. to be a backup anyway. Ain't gonna be here where I spent my whole damn career giving everything I could to this team. You know what I mean? If I'm gonna be a backup, sure. But if I'm gonna be a backup, there's better places to be a backup than the Jet. Think about what Jameis Winston just did, right? Uh, Yeah, think about what Jameis Winston just did. How many other spots are there? Where else is he gonna get that? Where is he gonna get? To be a backup. To be a backup with the possibility of taking over a franchise. Like, we just went through it, right, Joe? We went through it yesterday, remember, with like Cam or not Cam and how many backups there were that are out there? That is not. Yeah, we're talking about the ability to be able to go in, wait for this to end after a year, and then be the guy moving forward for a franchise. I, Oakland did it, they brought in Mariota. I, there's there's not a a lot of places. I I can't think of anyone that you would go to right now this year and be like, yeah, you're going in to be the backup, but also possibly be the starter. And, oh, yeah, possibly take over the team next year. I don't know how many more, but Jacksonville? I, Pittsburgh? I don't uh, know. Vegas? I, Vegas? Um, but Vegas Tampa? brought in Mariota for that, didn't they? But he's, on like a, he's not on a long-term deal. He's, he's right? on a like, two-year deal, right? I mean, he's got to be. But, again, he's going to have either. Right. I think they'll pull the plug on him. Um, is what I think. I think they'll pull the plug on Carr and give him that shot. I don't so know that thing. he's got that chance. I hear you. So like Jameis, for example, right? right? He had the same kind of things, maybe. Now, oh, maybe I could try to compete. He opted to like, I'm going to be the quarterback, the second string guy, and I'm going to rehab my image. Maybe there's the promise of starting. I'll even sign on for only a million dollars. Right. Because the situation in New Orleans helps me recapture my career, my perception, the graduate school or whatever it was. Yep. If you're Andy Dalton and there's no starting options, mm-hmm. you have to start to think about it in the same way that Jameis just thought about it. Right, right. And right. if that's the case, the Jets are not the answer, Joe. Yeah. I mean, it's more likely, to, honestly, that Cleveland with a new head coach and a new regime mm. would move on from Baker before the Jets move on from Darnold. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, possible. And, and listen, I mean, the truth is the next year could be even crazier with the it's true. with the quarterback uh, market and opportunities on what, what guys. Lions? What are the Detroit Lions then? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There's an opportunity, too, as well. So it's not going to be for a lot of money. They're not the place to go. Yeah. yeah because not, they've got that guy for a while. Yeah, he ain't going to get But again, it, it depends on you want to collect a check and never have to worry. Yeah. What is that competitive fire for you? It depends on what's in the mind of Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And it depends on how many times his phone rings. 
Yeah, it's uh, well, it's ringing because the Jets are calling, but I don't know if anybody oh, else is going to. So you might not have a choice. Be off Randy yeah. Dalton, please. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the hell else it is is going to back up Sam Darnold. We'd be confident with uh, that's uh, that's out there. You ain't getting Cam. So what's the other choices? Yuck. Uh, also, yeah, that's not going to be good either. Uh, also a little bit of good news here. The NFL says that they do not plan on changing, uh, the release of, it looks like the actual schedule, uh, late next week is appearing, uh, to be the day, Dan, it looks like they're going to keep going forward with that. So that means we'll actually, uh, this time next week, uh, or the following week be able to at least start laying out some of these uh, games and uh, and what we think. And we know the teams and who's playing who. We don't know when they're playing, which, of course, is half the battle there. But it does appear there was some concern they might kick that can down the road a little bit. But the NFL came out over the weekend and said, it's coming, guys. We'll give you the schedule, and we'll all be able to go crazy and start circling dates and times and games and wishing and hoping and all that good stuff. But in the meantime, that's it for Dane and I. We'll be back again uh, tomorrow morning here at uh, 7 a.m. on the early line. Invite you Single to uh, the Mayo tomorrow. Yeah, Joe. exactly. I got to start <laughs> drinking as soon as it's over here, in fact. Uh, but yeah, more great programming on the way here at the grid. Uh, be safe, be well, and then we'll come back uh, tomorrow and do it all over again on the early line. So we'll talk to you then. It is sportsgrid.com. dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com